swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rock shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, read it, review it. Also, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And hop on over to X. That's where... You can hit X, X. You can hit us up. The handle is my control issues. And lastly, just shoot us an email. Controlissuespod at gmail.com. AMC, how you living? Living well. Yes, I, I concur. Shoot us an email and definitely write us a review on Apple Podcasts because that will help us out. That would be much appreciated. Uh, my week, my uh, especially week. especially if you got especially if you got preview or review codes games. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we like to get into that level of the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is up with everything, anything and everything. Yes. And some, 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 some picks. If you want. So just baskets. Yeah. <laughs> just want us to see something you cooked. Yeah. Anything and everything. Um, yeah. My week, my week's been good. Um, yeah. We actually, we took two weeks off. Um, like you talk about that. Um, but yeah, I had to recover after, um, the, the previous Saturday. <laughs> so, yes. uh, Damn, it was like that for you. Well, I took, uh, Naomi. So it was a dub's birthday. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Naomi, my daughter, she woke up at five 30 the next day after we went out and I left the bar at like one 30. <laughs> so no, like, so I didn't get to sleep until around like two 30 or so. So I was up like three hours later after Aww. I got home. So yeah, I was like, I was so exhausted the next day, and thankfully Marissa or Marissa's parents, um, they they were watching, um, they were watching their other grandkids. So like, hey, why don't you guys come over? And, and uh, she's like, uh, I could, I could totally. Marissa basically just said she would take them and let me get some time to nap. So that is exactly what I did. So I ended up napping. Could not make it to the episode, but it was all worth it because we got to celebrate the God's birthday. Yes. So uh yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good time. Um yeah, other than that, um the second week has been nice, just busy with work shit, trying to trying to get my workouts where I can. Um yes. got that in, took the kids on the walk this morning, so that's going great. Playing some new stuff, trying to finish She-Hulk so I can start some other stuff. And yeah, it's it so far. That's great. It's great. It's um we just we just watched uh was it moon night and yes. so going from moon night to she hawk is a, definitely a, a different tone and disney's pretty good at that <laughs> very right? different yeah disney's pretty good with that with their or at least marvel is with their with their shows and not having them all feel because you know people try to try to act like like 
all superhero stuff is very samey but um they figure out ways to like you know attack it at least differently and if you watch like you know moon knight one he's barely ever like a superhero which is actually two two things in common neither one of them are in their superhero mode Mm -hmm. uh, often but at least in moon knight moon knight is just like action (laughs) it's constant action like it's insane it's psychological yeah (laughs) yeah it's like it's dark there's a lot of action there's a lot of psychological stuff going on interesting story with like you know the whole egyptian guides uh whereas like she hulk it's you know it's uh, the she hulk attorney at law (laughs) that's like the show it's very much like you know she's grappling with like this whole this this new found persona that that has been hoisted upon her by the blood of hulk and uh by the blood of her cousin blood blood. yeah exactly (laughs) and uh yeah so with that and then you know just the female show so she's like she got she got a a boyfriend (laughs) not a boyfriend she's trying to get a boyfriend um she's like dating and stuff so you know they they got that stuff going on uh so yeah very different very different like one show it's all about like you know moon knight where he's like you know he can't figure out what to do with this woman (laughs) that like is his wife and yet like one part of him doesn't even know who she is whereas like uh she hulk she you know she's gone on dates and like she wants a man but you know she can't find the right man (laughs) it's uh it's it's going on on bad dates yeah yeah it's like uh it's very different like uh you know whenever there's relationships in a guy show it's it's the guy working on himself (laughs) Mm -hmm. to like to, to be better for his woman whereas in the uh, the female shows, it's like she's good. She just has to find the right guy. <laughs> so, well, in the, in the women led shows, it's the guys. <laughs> the guys need to work on themselves. Or like, yeah, gotta gotta find the guy who's done the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, ultimately, everything guy, is like guys. The guy needs so to work on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Do every everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like the the dumb dad on the TV show, <laughs> just dudes. The dumb dad supporting yeah. a nuclear family in a multi level house. Yeah, yeah. Like Homer, Homer is an idiot and also a nuclear scientist. <laughs> <laughs> nuclear engineer. Yeah. <laughs> like it takes care of the whole family, all of their needs. <laughs> multi level house, multi bedroom, multi bathroom, dog. Yeah. Vacations. <laughs> alcoholic <laughs> alcoholic always eating yeah. eating good eating always eating yeah exactly eating so uh, good eating so good he can eat silly <laughs> yeah so been doing that um checking out shows here and there all that stuff watch watch some um the big thing for me was i was gonna watch some wrestling first i was playing some diablo and i started getting a little tired so then i was like you know i want to watch some like wwe because i'm loving it lately to start watching that and i remember that there was a boxing fight tyson fury francis and ganu francis uh, for people who don't know tyson fury he is the heavyweight champion of the world or at least one of them but he is he is considered the best of all the heavyweight champions yeah. in boxing he, he's the better one yeah <laughs> better man yeah and um in comparison to francis and he was a ufc heavyweight champion mm-hmm. um wanted to get into boxing UFC was like, nah, nah, we got your contract and you will only be doing one combat sport as far as we're concerned. He was like, nah, nah, then I'm going to just wait out for this contract to expire. Damn. He uh, lets it expire, bets on himself. There's all this criticism, of course, about like, oh, like, uh, you know, what's, what's going to happen? He, th- he thinks he's bigger than UFC. They made him who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, he, like, he was like really betting on himself. 
Yeah, no, he was, he was betting on himself as far as like, yeah. you know, letting his contract die out and see if there's, you know, greater pastures outside of uh, UFC. And anyway, so he signs a fight with Tyson Fury. He's a UFC fighter, Tyson Fury boxer. He signs up to fight a boxing fight against the heavyweight champion of the world. Everybody's like, all right, well, he's going to get destroyed, but at least he's going to get paid. Um, they have the fight last night, which I ended up watching. Uh, if people wanted to watch the fight, feel free to skip ahead five minutes. They end up fighting. Francis Ngannou knocks down Tyson Fury in the fourth round of the fight. <laughs> People did not expect that. Yeah, that, that must have been big. Tyson, Tyson is not a small boy. Yeah, yeah. Francis Ngannou, uh, they, were, they were both around like 270, but Tyson Fury is a, a bit taller than him. But if you see yeah. Ngannou, the story with Ngannou is he is a dude who, I think I think he grew up in Cameroon. He was, um, I, I believe, he like eight out of like trash shit, like like literally like that type of lifestyle. Um, at the bottom, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ten years old, worked in like a mine, um, in whatever mineral that people were like trying to extract from that country, and then um, eventually he was like, all right, I'm gonna try to do something, <laughs> find something better. Uh, so then he leaves. He tries to immigrate to France illegally and um, get stopped six times, turned back. Eventually makes it over there. Figures out how to get as he's there. He, I think he's like homeless there. Uh, works his way into a gym, gets trained there, works his way through that into the UFC, becomes a UFC champion. Now he's in this boxing fight with a boxing champion, never done a boxing fight in his life, and knocks down the heavyweight champion of the world in the fourth round. Um, Looked look great the entire fight. Fury ended up pulling it out. People, a lot of people said it was a robbery that uh, Nganu won. I will say this. Fury looked a lot more beat up at the end of the fight, but he mm. definitely landed more shots. But Ngannou was strong as shit, and Fury was not prepared for that. <laughs> like he looked better than Deontay Wilder, who is a professional boxer. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Deontay always throwing those wild ass bombs, just trying to knock somebody out with every punch. I have a feeling like this other guy came in and was fighting instead of trying to knock somebody out. Well, he he was throwing bombs like he, he like the one critique on him was that he was not throwing any jabs really like he was just, he was switching he was switching stances and whatnot, but he what well, I'd say the differences between him and Wilder is Wilder has like no footwork he is very stiff um, this guy is a lot more smoother on his feet and so he just looked a little more in control um, with like his hooks and things like that whereas like Deontay is so just that's why like. Wilder just enough. Wow, Fury just figured out. Oh, I just got to move forward with Wilder. He has no movement, and and he is was aggressive with him and completely fucked him up. He couldn't do that with uh, Ngannou because Ngannou one is just strong as shit, but then also is just a lot more lighter on his feet. And so he was just moving, hitting him with the angles that like mm. Wilder wouldn't wouldn't come at when he was just coming straight ahead. And I also just think like Fury just. um I wouldn't say he overlooked Nganu, but I think he wasn't expecting that from Nganu. And you could even see after he got knocked down and in the later rounds, he was eventually just walking walking towards Nganu and taking shots and kind of going through the what professional like boxers usually do when they fight like an amateur is they just try to tire them out and then mm-hmm. and then they put him away, but Nganu was not tiring out. <laughs> so yeah. it, so it, Fury is continually walking into shots. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but yeah, Ngannou ended up losing. I thought he was going to win it. A lot of people, a lot of other people thought he won the fight. Um, but it is what it is. He still won as far as the night went in that he got the knockdown, which nobody expected. Everybody thought he was going to get knocked up off here, which, which definitely didn't happen. A lot of people thought he won the fight, which is even better. And then two, the fact that, you know, there's a whole backstory with the UFC and them not wanting, not letting him box and him feeling that he could actually be a good boxer. And so proving them wrong as well. So that dude just made his biggest payday over anything he ever made as a heavyweight champion in the UFC. And now he is going to go back into MMA and he has a future in boxing. So yeah. uh, Francis Ngannou just had a major night. But just wrote his I, own ticket for the rest of his life. Yeah, exactly. The man is 37 too, so he's not like he's young. So so it's a, it's great that he, it's just happening for him in this way. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, very awesome. But yeah, I, I've been talking too long. A-Dub, how is, how's your week been? Your, <laughs> never, your last never, two been? Never too long with the AMC. Well, had the birthday, so that's gone down. Yes. A-Dub, last of the homies to cross over in the, yeah. the, the wonderful world of 40. Yeah, this is 40. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just... Trying to keep an eye on my knees and my joints. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't work out this past week, so I feel bad about that. But you know, can't beat yourself up. You just gotta pick yourself back up, dust yourself off, try again. So you know, I'm I'm on. I'm spr- I'm getting through whole workouts. I'm doing the things that I need to do. Excuse me. So it's going in a more positive direction than it was. Had a blast with the boys on the on the birthday on the birthday weekend. You know, we went out local bar just doing it. Was just nice having all the homies <laughs> in yeah. person all over again. Evan showed up. <laughs> yeah, it was great getting everybody. Doom gaze, yeah, Evan, and even it was it was great too. Like going to a bar and like you picked the right bar because I haven't been to a bar in years and. I was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna be an old man <laughs> in the bar. Oh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to you. Like, if we went to the other bar, <laughs> yeah. it would have, we would have had to excuse ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we went to Barney's Beanery. <laughs> they might have kicked us out. No, uh, Bar- Barney's would have been fine. It just nah, would have been, been madness. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been Gen Z all up in the place. <laughs> killing it. Yeah. Killing it. Dude, it's been like that for years. It's you don't feel you don't feel old around Gen Z, Ada. <laughs> I guess not it, that Gen Z. It depends. Like if it's the <laughs> the fresh out of college ones, like yeah. they, that go to Lubitsch and stuff. <laughs> like that that's when it's like, okay, I think I'm a little out of place here. Barney's like that's it's that's a, like early, early thirties, late twenties. Uh, kind can. of kind of mix in there. So it's still it's still in the groove, the lower like, end of the groove. Yeah, it was like us when we were going there, basically. Yeah, that, and like, like, yeah, yeah. And the adults, the real adults, looking at us. These <laughs> 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 fucking idiots. And now we the real adults. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more of a real adult than me. At the same token, like I, I get excited about. I got. I finally knocked some very nice dinnerware off of my off of my wish list. So I got that eating off the good plates, putting food on, putting takeout on it, making it look like restaurant quality. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Like food just hit different on quality plates. Got those, ordered some bar tools, ordered some single old fashioned low ball glasses that look pretty dope. So I knocked those off. Yeah, I to start learning how to make cocktails so I can do my drinking at home before I go out. <laughs> make the nice mixed drink. Don't pay twenty bucks a pop. 
Um, yeah, man, just working, watching stuff. I've watched uh, Pluto on Netflix, and towards like I guess the second to last episode, I'm just looking at it like you you can't tell me this isn't Astro Boy. And I look it up, look it up on the internet. It's like it's fucking Astro Boy. It's like, Dang, this is dope. Like, I'm watching this whole thing. I'm like, this is amazing. This, this looks ah, I can't put my finger on it. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Beautifully animated. Tells a great story. Lots of very, very well put together characters and the whole story with robots and humans. It's it's basically like a whole civil rights kind of thing with the robots trying to get equal rights and you know get the right to adopt and. Should they they take notes from D- Detroit Become Human? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. David Cage ahead of his time. But like it was it was Astro Boy, but it wasn't really. It was it's like in the Astro Boy universe. Astro Boy's in it, but he's not Astro Boy yet. And there's like it's not like he's going around taking out giant monsters. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's almost like a noir. But I'm I'm digging it. You know. I, I had I had my heart broken several times watching that. Speaking of, I also watched I wanna say Good Night World is what it's called. It might be Hello World, but I think it's Good Night World. And it's that anime about like there's a dysfunctional family, but they all escape into this VR video game MMO where by sheer coincidence they all have formed a family in the virtual world, but they don't know it's each other. Mm. Yes, but some crazy stuff unfolds from there, and again, it dabbles with AI and all like different kinds of questions, like what is a life, and <laughs> what is this, and what are what are feelings. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, it's it's very dark, so you know it can be very depressing for like most of the season, but eventually it just, it makes this turn and it goes to this level where it's like, oh shit. <laughs> I dug it. So that's the so Pluto. That uh, at the recommendation of my father, I've also started this series on Netflix called Bodies. So what caught my attention about this, the way my father described it, and what I'm seeing in the show now is that basically the the setting is in four different time periods, like the 1890s, the 1940s, the 2020s and the 2050s and in each of these time periods this body pops up and it's it's not different bodies set up the same way or anything it's one body and it shows up in all four time periods and this murder is being investigated by four different detectives across those time periods it's like i don't understand i haven't quite See, they haven't. I haven't got to the part where they really start going into like, okay, now here's what's really going on. So it's still setting it up. So we're jumping across time, going to all these different stories, learning about these people and their interpersonal relationships, starting to see the the obstacles that are emerging as they're trying to figure out what's going on with this body. And yeah, it's if you're into sci-fi, if you're into stories told across time, and just things that like really weird ways to engage with time. So that's what got me. I think it'll get you. And yeah, man, other than that, just been getting my game on, trying to keep my place together. That's about that. Well, hey, Dub, you said gaming, get your gaming on. So what you been gaming on? 
Like, man, I, like, we talked about it in the pre-show, but I wanted to knock out Alan Wake. I wanted to get to Alan Wake 2, wanted to do it for the spooky game, October. But just for the life of me, I can't pull myself away from Diablo, man. It's always some short-term goal that I can accomplish that's building toward a long-term goal. And it's just all along the basic loop of going out, get my grim favors, go to the blood harvest, do the do, do the vampire stuff. Oh, let me go up in the the nightmare dungeons. Let me let me level up my glyphs. Oh, I'm a little more powerful. Let me take on this in-game boss. Oh, the world boss coming. Like it just you just keep bouncing between things and like just getting all these rewards, cycling through all your stuff, getting your your incremental upgrades. Sometimes your your big ticket upgrades. I'm starting to get the the 900 plus item power equipment. And it's just like, oh man, now just melting through enemies. Like I I could have sworn, I could have sworn that I dropped a million points of damage on something. I know that whenever I'm throwing that bone spear, it's like a quarter million to three hundred thousand, just right in the chest. I'm seeing waves of hundred thousands going away and back toward me as the bone fragments come back. It's just, I'm having a blast. It's, it's, it's that feeling again, man. It's just Diablo three all over again. Wanting to see how far you can push that power. Wanting to see how well you can you can tune that build and just make it do what you want, seeing how far you can push it. Like I'm, I'm gonna try to take on Lilith and see if I can finally do that. Like take out all the bosses, see if I can complete this season. I've already completed the battle pass. I've gotten all the season blessings. I'm like I'm in the second to last. I think I'm in the second to last portion of the season journey, the last chapter, or I might be third to last, and I'm like halfway through that. But I'm gonna try to do that. It's leveled up way faster than I did in season one. Like in season one at the end of three months. Excuse me, got something caught in my throat there. Yeah, at the end of three months, I had my character, the druid, that I loved playing as and playing with, had the druid up to level 80. And right now, I'm about level 92 with my necromancer. And it's been, like, I think, what, 17? It's been almost two weeks Yeah. of season two? Yeah, it launched uh, October 17th. Yeah, so I'm just, just blazing through it. And it's like, it's... It's not like anything's slowing down. It's just I know four or five nightmare done. Not even four or five. Like actually, maybe four or five. I know like at least a nightmare dungeon or two. I'm getting a paragon. So it's like anywhere from four to six nightmare dungeons. That's a level, and you do that. I'm getting the tears. I'm trying to. I'm trying to take down the beast in the ice. I want to get to level ninety five. I feel like I need at least a, a 10 level cushion between the end game stuff. So it'll be real tough when I got to go up against those little 100 bosses. But yeah, man, it's, it's just a blast to play. I mean, with all the new events, the, the vampiric powers, the, the new uniques, the in game bosses that you can target farm if you want to get particular unique items that can enhance your build and just the quality of life improvements. There's, there, there's not much to say. I mean, if you have Diablo 4, I recommend you fire it back up. 
if you're interested in it, I would think that now is a good time to get back into it. So yeah, just a lot of that. And have I fired up anything else? Like I've I've been lightly touching cyberpunk here and there. <laughs> so, but you know, not really doing anything substantial. Like I moved the Phantom Liberty storyline forward a little bit more. Got got to see just so much interest. It's so much action. <laughs> He's delivering these lies like it's him. That's that's Stringer Bell. That's that's Luther. <laughs> that's Solomon Reed. He's kicking ass, man. I love it. And yeah, man. So that's awesome. I'm I'm gonna do my best to push some Alan Wake remake. I know it's short. I know I can get through it. Uh, you reminded me that I, I have Until Dawn as well that I need to go back and finish another game I started for Spooky October and didn't quite get to the end of, probably because I was playing something to the degree of maybe a different Diablo at the time or, or a cyberpunk or some shit. But AMC, what have you been playing? Yeah, so I've been playing... Um, so mainly Diablo. That's been the main thing. Um I'm playing after about two weeks now. Yeah, just pushing forward, focusing on the campaign now that um, it was about two weeks ago when we played together and I got the mount. So I've just been, now that I got the mount, it's just like, where's the thing? I'm sprinting right th- right to it, <laughs> like just skipping so much. Um, like, like whereas I would like fight enemies all the way along towards like a certain thing. Now that I'm on the mount, I'm just like running like as much as I need to, unless like I see something like, hey, I want to go explore that. But uh, it is nice because I can just like fast track to like a lot of different things on the map and not have to worry about like um, running into enemies and fighting them. You um, ram, you're ramming your way through all those enemies. Just they don't even react to me. <laughs> I'm just running so fast, like it's I'm hitting that R two or whatever it is. The sprint yep. is just blowing right by them. <laughs> you double tapping it. You hitting high gear. <laughs> uh i'm i'm i think i'm spreading it out so i can get like all three and have it like reloaded before i need to hit the next one so yeah i'll get i am seeing you gotta hit high gear you gotta hit the boost (laughs) while you boost yeah (laughs) yeah so um doing that loving the game yeah as you said like it's just it was already so addicting um and yeah i'm like seeing like the different quality of life stuff and especially with like the gym fragments and things like that and i've been now just starting to get more into the aspects because i got one that went with my necromancer um which uh my necromancer key passive which is shadow blight mm-hmm. and um this one gives a so shadow blight uh one of the things it does is after you get like 10 i think attacks with shadow damage then shadow blight kicks in for two seconds and then it like you know amplifies damage that much more for a certain period of time um and then i got a key passive that then adds more damage to the shadow blight (laughs) so now um so now it's just basically like that key passive is just getting boosted by this uh this aspect and so i i went and put that on uh, an item so now i'm starting to fuck with that a little bit more and realizing that i need a lot more resources so i need to start i've been saving a lot of uniques because of the the possibility of like trying to pull like something out of a unique but um what's it called uh, i'm i'm gonna start like breaking shit down so i can get at least get some materials the, the stuff that i don't care about make so, sure you i mean, uh, I mean make yeah. sure you check online for you i know you're probably not of the level yet but check online about the uniques because there are the the uber uniques you don't want to scrap those yeah i don't think i'm at that point just because i'm i'm like I don't know when they start kicking in, but I'm like level 40, so 45, I should say. So I, I'm figuring when you start killing maybe. level 85 enemies. 
yeah so yeah i'm i'm a bit away from there um so yeah put put that aspect on there that was cool so i saw that that jump in damage and yeah i'm just that my build is where i need it to be exactly and so now that i know it i'm now just putting whenever i get points i'm putting them into amplifying the the skills that i know that that i already have now taking them to a higher level and so yeah it's just i'm i'm feeling it i'm handling business the game is just so good like just the like so satisfying i would say just going through it just carving through enemies pushing a little bit of story uh getting items getting loot going to town breaking it down getting the gyms putting mm. socking in them mm. um yeah it's just it's a overall just a great game and to me like it's yeah i'm seeing like the the updates but a lot of the stuff seems like it's for in game so i feel like that's like a lot of stuff that they were addressing which wouldn't have affected me at this point but um i am enjoying seeing the fact that people are you know responding so positively to season two because there there was like everybody was enjoying you know the initial campaign of the game then they got to season one and then suddenly like I guess Diablo became a bad game to some people. Yeah. And then season two comes out, they do their quality of life stuff. And then they're like, this game is now amazing. It's like, well, the game was already a great time. Yeah. And now just address, <laughs> it addressed some of the issues that you had with it. Um, and so, yeah, it's just at its core, it's just a, a great fucking game. And as I'm glad to hear that you're saying that, that the later stuff is even that much more rewarding. So I have that to look forward to. I started getting into that that level of the game and yeah really enjoying diablo 4 uh other games uh played a little bit more of alive alive won't say much about that because i didn't play a ton of it only thing i will say is last time we talked uh i had completed one of the uh the one of the characters story arcs um and so i didn't know what happened after that because like credits rolled after i beat that character story arc so i didn't know if each character had its own unique i guess game within its story and like um approach to like the jrpg i guess turn-based system but um started a different character and story is absolutely incredible with this one is like a prehistoric dude so i'm like back in those times (laughs) they're barely talking it's a lot of grunts and but they they use the sound perfectly you out there conan yeah exactly exactly somebody's like it's like a kid <laughs> so it's like it's like baby conan yes. um it, but yeah it's, it's great it has all the charm in the world and but the the combat system is exactly the same so i will say that that part hasn't changed so that's nice at least like it won't be a, a drastic change to each um to each character's story arc but they all do feel unique in their own way and they they get their own companions and stuff like that so that that makes it fun too because since it's not one big narrative at least at this point um i know that the, the companions at least are disposable <laughs> because it's oh. just it's a singular story so whatever is told in that story it's told within that story so it's not like a thing where well we need to save this for later in the game it's like if it's if it's going to impact i guess that character story arc they're going to get it in within that time uh so yeah i've had uh companions at least die in the other character story arc which was uh damn good so it's it's great i love it um and then the other game I'm playing, it's a new game. It's a game that came out last week. I couldn't wait to get to it. But wow, um, yeah, we were exhausted last week uh, with, with everything that happened and didn't get to it. Finally got the game, picked it up yesterday. So I got to play a few hours last night. It was a girlfriend game. So I played it with the lovely Marissa. And that game is Super Mario Wonder, 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 Wonder. Um, yes. Absolutely awesome. This is a game that one of my most anticipated games of the year outside of... Uh, yeah, uh, Diablo Four, and um, yeah, it was great. The first time they showed it, uh, you know, they give you that glimpse of Mario with the with 
become the elephant. <laughs> yes. And then and then taking that that wonder flower and, and things just changing up. And so I was really looking forward to seeing what that was all about. So I got to sample that because they give you that elephant right away. The elephant's the shit. It just immediately like, you know, Mario games, you're not used to having, I guess. So you did have the t- the the was it Tanuki? You had the tail, so you had that yeah. whip with the tail. But this is different. You got the trunk, so the trunk is is smacking up fools. You can also suck up water in your trunk and then shoot like icicles out of it. <laughs> it's got so they bring it back Mario Sunshine on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. Uh, you can use the trunk to break stuff um, and things like that. So that's that's great with the elephant. Um, got the got the flower. The flower is like about the same. You can expect. Then we got the Wonder Flower, and so that's the thing that it alters the um, the map, and things get wacky when you take it. People are saying like saying like this game is all about psychedelics, yeah. which I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Um, and so yeah, you take the the Wonder Flower, and like you know the characters like the the piranhas start like singing in one of them oh. <laughs> like like a whole song like just starts going on in the background and you see the piranhas as they come on the screen and like their mouths are like like singing the song so that's absolutely awesome um and it's different on every course um and there's no rhyme or reason to it at least like on each course because yes. like with one it's like you get it you get the flower things change up you move forward and then there's another flower you get that and then everything goes back to normal on other ones there's a timer to it and then uh, I had one that was super crazy where it was uh, so what they have the in every Mario game, uh, what they do pretty well is that there's like secrets within the course. And so with this one, you want to get um, the Wonder Flower seeds. And um, those are like secret things you get like about like two to three for every level. And they're they're kind of hidden objectives within the map. And so one of them, I had to take a Wonder Flower and all these um I guess these rhino enemies that you can that run and they'll break stuff if you jump over them or you can ride on their backs as they break shit like just a herd of them just shows up on the map and I rode them before but then when I was riding them I would get to that you know the flag at the end of the level where you jump on it and try to get as high as you can mm-hmm. and um I, I would used it and I was jumping onto the flag and so I couldn't find that wonder flower seed and i was like what the fuck so we kept replaying it me and marissa and at one time we, we just kept riding it and we didn't jump on that flag at the end and the rhinos then just trample through that flag and the castle behind it so that's so you so we're, what normally would have been the end of the level just basically got completely blown through by that herd that was uh kicked off by the wonder flower and so you just ride that then through the rest of which is a continued part of the level until you eventually get to this wonder flower seed. So basically all that to say that when you get the wonder flower, there's a lot of hidden stuff within it. And so you have to really pay attention to what's going on during that sequence. And it, it gets really trippy. Things are like really haywire. Like uh, I did, I got the wonder flower again one time and all of a sudden it just starts raining uh, those invi- invincibility stars just onto the map. <laughs> So you just grab it. Are you are you collecting? Yeah, yeah. It's just nonstop, and it was absolutely awesome. And I'm sure, like, we had to use that to do something as well. But uh, yeah, they. It's great. It's just uh, it's Mario that you love. Like, like people are just you know, it's like it's they're comparing it like, oh, it's just like this Mario game, and it's like, yeah, it's like that, except it's now on the Switch, and so they they can add a little bit more, do a little bit like get a little crazier with it, get a little bit more clever with their, with their secrets in the maps and things like in their game design. And so, yeah, it's, um, it has that familiar feeling, but then they're just doing some new shit that they haven't done in any other Mario game with this whole wonder flower effect. And so, yeah, it's absolutely great. And, um, we played about like four, three to four hours of it. 
it got got a big taste of the game and it was absolutely awesome it's going to be up there with my my game of the years um and we'll see how it comes out i still gotta put more time into it but yeah just another great game on top of a year of just phenomenal games i have to say so it's it's great it's great um but you know we'll we'll take a quick break and then we will get into these topics of the week topics of the week week all right, we are back. A-Dub, you want to lead off with our first topic of the week? Top, top, topic of, of the week. week. Well, it's a, well, damn. It's a bigger topic, but it encapsulates multiple smaller topics. Uh, Xbox had its partner showcase. Yes. And they showed off a small smattering, we'll say, of, of upcoming titles, uh, a lot of things that we've seen before, some other things getting dates at long last, and then some new stuff. Uh, one thing that they showed off that I was going to talk about was the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake footage. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so we, we finally got confirmation that this was in development to some people's dismay, to others' surprise. Uh, this game, I believe Kojima's not involved, and the game is going to be developed using Unreal 5. So we finally got to see in-engine footage of the title, and I gotta say, AMC, it's pretty damn stunning. Like, it looks really good. It looks alive. You got critters, you got little, little mud crabs, you got frogs, snakes, Alligators, you got Solid Snake himself in just 4K Unreal 5 HD glory creeping through the bushes. That original murder grass, as we discussed, just CQC and dudes locking them up, breaking them down, holding them hostage, like probably asking them questions, just squeezing them for information, then knock them out, move on like you were never there. I mean, they. Just the fidelity of things such as the mud and little little details and nuances like when Snake's walking through the water, he holds up his rifle to keep it dry. I don't know if that was if that's what was going on in the original title. I'm sure it probably was being a Kojima thing. But it's it's that stuff that sells the Metal Gear experience for me. Uh personally, I'm not overly excited for this because you know metal gear i kind of kind of fell off of it i feel like if i can't put down metal gear 5 then i don't need to be playing metal gear no more so i got a good way through it i think i got to the point where you had to do like a few dozen missions before the next story item would would pick up and i was doing it and i'm just I don't know. Maybe that was the point. I just felt the fatigue of war. I was just in there, just like man. I just, I just keep loading up, shipping out, touching down, <laughs> infiltrating, exfiltrating, <laughs> and doing the whole cycle all over again. And eventually, I was just like, I'm, I'm finished. Even though top-notch gameplay, top-notch visuals, it's just Kojima at his finest. So it'll be interesting to see. What becomes of this remake? Uh, AMC, you saw this trailer as well. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it looked um, it looks good. It looks nice and polished. Um, 
it looked like I, I'm wondering if they if they had the murder grass because I know I didn't know if Snake Eater is known for having murder grass back then. So I wonder if that's well, it might have been so early in the murder grass days that <laughs> it doesn't get credited as being murder grass. Like, yeah, it, there eventually came a point where games like it was specific. Like, yes, when you get to this tall grass over here, <laughs> nobody can see you, yeah, and then you can yeah. you can you can murder when it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> In this grass, they can walk right over you and not notice you. <laughs> For robots in, in Forbidden West, it's like nudging me out of the way in the grass. Yeah. Not being alerted, going through their little, their little, uh, what is it? Their, their feeding animations. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was nice seeing all that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you as well. For me, it's a little bit different. It's, I'm just not, uh, I don't know, just over the years, I just got less and less into stealth in video games. And so um, this is a game that's all about stealth. Um, and so, Is this when you made the hard pivot to being into magic? Uh, no, I think I was always into magic. I think it was oh, more okay. of the, uh, the, the pacing of stealth games just was yeah. never, you know, it's kind of like on the level of psychological horror where it's like, you know, it's not like I'm not like running through <laughs> like, or like, yeah, yeah. like it's kind of like, it's a, a slower pace from that perspective. And so because of that, it's like, uh, it's definitely something that it's a, it's a vibe that you have to be into. And it's just not a vibe that like I necessarily gel with. And so because of that, like, yeah, I, uh, I played a little bit of, was it? So my history with metal gear is I played metal gear solid, absolutely loved it. And then just, as I said, not into stealth and all that stuff. So absolutely love Metal Gear Solid and then skip Metal Gear Solid 2, skip Metal Gear 3, Snake Eater, jump back in with Metal Gear 4. Love that game, even though everybody complained about the million cutscenes. Um so many cutscenes. So many cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> and then um and it's so long. Like that that ending to the game just kept going. Um but I love I mean, I could, I, I, could tolerate it. It. <laughs> I could tolerate it. I could tolerate it all. It's just that after act one, like you're going down a very narrowing, a very, a narrower and narrower hallway of gameplay, literally to a point where you're crawling down a hallway yeah. <laughs> and that's the gameplay. It's just like the, the beginning of the game sells you a fantasy that the remainder of the game doesn't make good on in my opinion. Yeah. And so played that, <laughs> played Metal Gear 4, loved that one got five and i played like maybe an hour of it and i was like fuck this game <laughs> damn so, uh, i like what was it you didn't even get d dog <laughs> uh yeah no i don't think i did get d dog because I, I i think i had pup d dog <laughs> and then uh oh. and then i was like oh he's cute i'm not playing this game anymore <laughs> and then i moved damn. on and that was i think that was right around when i went through my period of like i'm not playing open world games anymore <laughs> like i just i was done with open world games around that time so yeah um that might have been the end of it for like a period of time. And so, yeah, it was like, it was a, a combination of stealth and open world, which were just two things that like, I was just not having. <laughs> so yeah, I was just over it by Metal Gear 5. And like, it wasn't like that. I thought they were bad games. It was just like, I they're just not my games. Like mm -hmm. people were super excited about, what is it? Uh, Splinter Cell. Was it Splinter Cell? Yeah, Splinter Cell coming back. And for me, it's like, nah, like I, I want nothing to do with that. Um, and so, yeah, with uh, Metal Gear Solid, with three or snake eater or whatever like uh i it's one of those things that I'm, I'm happy that people are getting that back i know people are gonna have strong criticisms especially with the fact that like you know how they feel about konami a lot of people siding with kojima over konami in that situation and so they're like a they're in like kind of like a fuck you forever mode with konami and so I'm, I'm dead sure over mom 
Yeah, and so I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to be overly critical of this game for that reason alone. Um, but overall, it's just uh, like whatever opinions people have about it, I'm I'm not going to have a strong opinion either way because I'm I'm not too interested in it. I'm just happy to see that people are getting at least that back when it comes to Metal Gear. Hell yeah! Well, AMC, did you see anything in the showcase that caught your eye? Yes, let's get right into it. I they showed a little bit of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. <laughs> yes, they did. They showed a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. Uh yeah, this one looks absolutely awesome. They're showing a little bit of the of the mini game-ish parts of the game. Um, so you know, I'm gonna just take it right from the IGN right up on it. Uh an infinite infinite wealth players will be able to visit or ride a dolphin to the Dodoko Island. Which is a beautiful resort you need to help build up. Let's uh, see. Alongside <laughs> building your dream home on the island, you can choose where shops and decorations go. You can interact and make friends with local people and waifus and animals. And you can make great changes to the island to draw in new tourists. Oh, it's kind of like got a little sim action going on. Let's see. However, not everyone is a friendly face as there will be thugs and even animals <laughs> like warthogs. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, we'll try to ruin your fun so you got warthogs you got thugs trying to trying to fuck up your thugs. Islands. yeah <laughs> you just, no, no matter where you go in this world you cannot escape thugs just whooping on you <laughs> just walking down the street yeah this place is nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and so, yeah so that's all they have in the write-up it was awesome um not something that you would necessarily expect but they did say this is the one i believe that's going to hawaii so um, I guess they're just leaning into that resort touristy aspect of the game. And why not put in a settlement builder <laughs> in that case? Because not like you're just building your house. You're building uh, an area that's going to attract people. And I'm the guessing whole island, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Which is cool because it seems like maybe those people will have their own personalities. And then there's going to be thugs and, and whatnot. This, it's funny. If Bethesda did this, people would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but like Yakuza does it. People are like, hell yeah. <laughs> more, <laughs> more of this. <laughs> so it's just funny. Just the different well, audience. Know your audience. Yeah. Knowing your audience and their expectations <laughs> for what they want and don't want in your games. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, this is great. Got to see some of the, the building up as he was setting up the shops. We saw his house go up looking real, real crisp. They were, they were playing guitar by, by the bonfire. The whole cast is there. A big ass there. bonfire. Yeah. They had all the characters all, all in their own garb. As I said, there was a guy in a suit on the beach, just <laughs> ready to, to go to the bar right after. Um, and then uh, there was also some fishing. He was he was fishing with a spear. So none of that, none of that casting the line and then yeah. trying to reel it in. It's I'm aiming, aiming practice, target practice, and I'm I'm gonna get this. Um, so yeah, we saw a little bit of that. Hey Dub, what did you think about this side of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth? Honestly, I was a little a little impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was cool it just had so much style so many different mechanics like it, it wasn't knocking my socks off with any one particular mechanic or like the overall visual polish or the gameplay or anything but just taken together as a whole and like this is an experience that we're offering where you're building this resort you're hiring people you're bringing in you're bringing in tourists like you're you're running a business and on every level of it, you're building it yourself. You can have a tiger in the cage in your bedroom, in your office, <laughs> wherever you want your tiger to be. 
it's just, I don't know, it's just cool. Like this is the kind of thing that you can really only get from Japan. I mean, granted, I don't know who developed Animal Crossing. I don't know if that's Japanese or if that's Western, but like it's it's basically Yakuza Animal Crossing. <laughs> As yeah. far as I'm concerned, it's and what you're saying is like it's the only thing you can get from you can only expect it from Japan because it's the only place where people will accept it. <laughs> if a Western developer tried to do this, people would not be having it. But yeah, uh, it's Fallout Japan, 76. Yeah, in Japan they do it. Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah. Um, Japan they do it, and people like are like, "Oh, it's kind of kitschy. I like it. It's cute." <laughs> but like a Western developer does it, it's like, "Why are you pushing this shit on me? Yeah. You, you, you're not respecting my time." <laughs> I'm not a weeb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but um. Yeah, it looked absolutely awesome. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, we are. This is obviously the the route that they've gone with the the turn base uh, being the the main line of the franchise, and then they put the more action, um, open world oriented Yakuza in the in the second in the B side of the story. Yeah. So yeah, this is the turn base, the real the real real, and I'm I'm loving what they're doing with this. <laughs> so it's awesome. Yeah, that combat where you beat the thugs with the baseball bat. Yeah, <laughs> get off my island. <laughs> oh, um, it's awesome. I like the I like the choice that they went with for spear fishing. So yeah. that's going to be like a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else that caught your eye? Uh... Dungeons and Hinterberg, man. We got oh. to see a little bit more that's going on with that game. So we know with this title, you're you're basically in a resort town, but there's dungeons. It's a roguelike. You're a redhead. You're running around. You got magic. You have weapons. You can attack. Like you're going into dungeons. You're fighting enemies in arenas. You're, I suppose, you're getting upgrades and tweaking your build. But you also come back to the resort town, and you're talking to people. You're you're figuring out things about them. You're building your relationship with those people. As you're doing that, apparently you get perks. So as those relationships improve, so do those perks. And there's multiple people. You have a journal of all the people, even a dog named Snowflake, that you're you're conversing with and you're getting to know. And it's just it's showing off the social aspect of what this game hopes to bring to the table. I've been keeping my eye on it primarily because I love the art style. It, there's some little quirky things I'm not too on board with, but overall, I'm with the title. Uh, I love the art style. Once they said roguelike, it's like, I got to see how this is coming together <laughs> with a roguelike skeleton because this this looks like, like, <laughs> I don't even know what it looks like. Like, oh, like what, Volcano High or something? Or it looks like a, a persona going on dates, talking. AFC know about that. But yeah, man, Dungeons and Hinterberg. I'm keeping my eye on this one. I have good hopes for it. Just enough that it's a decent title. I'm not looking for it to be a sleeper hit of the year. But I like to take risk on games like this. I also want to get a Jusong. That game where the, the girl and the, the bird are climbing and you're looking at the old deserted ruins in the, in the mountainside and it starts getting sci-fi. But yeah, this kind of game, Dungeons and Hinterberg, it goes right along with that. It's to be released sometime next year in 2024. And yeah, keep a lookout for that. AMC, will you be looking out for it? Yeah, I'm interested because I I played Persona. I love games where it's um, where relationship building is an aspect of the gameplay. 
And it seems like, um, you know, there's always a take in, in roguelikes, like how, how do you clock progression in, yeah. in a sense? And, um, you know, we saw it in, what's it called? Uh, Rogue Legacy, you're, you're building up that castle, getting uh, perks and benefits through that as you're going through your playthroughs. That um, lineage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hades, when you're you're always progressing the narrative with different characters as you run into as as you run with different gods as you run into them throughout the world while you're getting your boons um and then it just you build up your what is it hades like establishment <laughs> as you're there every time you come back you build um, up hell <laughs> yeah exactly um and so yeah it's uh they have that and then in this one it seems like they're going to do it through the relationship building um as you go through the world um and then go into the i guess the combat portion die you go back you talk to your homies do whatever you do there build that back up make make your choices and then you, you go and handle some business and so yeah I, I like that it's a different take on the progression of roguelikes and i think that's how you that's how you will continue to i guess push the the genre forward is by doing these different having these different aspects because as of right now a lot of people when you think of roguelikes it's just all about like oh great gameplay and then rinse and repeat <laughs> yeah basically yeah, they make me start all over with nothing yeah but now that we're seeing a little bit more and more of other gameplay mechanics come into play on top of the stellar gameplay um I like that. And so because of this, like uh, I am interested to see how the relationship relationships will build uh, from this roguelike perspective. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested, love the art and all that stuff. As, as you said, um, I'm definitely interested in this game. Well, and um, see yes. what other games are you interested in. Yeah. See, we got a, a little bit of a uh, Robocop rogue city. We saw a little yes. bit of, it's a guilty like, pleasure of a game. If yeah. there ever was one. Let's see, uh, IGN, they had this to write up. Robocop got a new trailer at the Xbox Partner Preview. It gave a ta- it gave a tease, a taste, a tease at the game story and the characters involved in it. We also get another glimpse at gameplay, some of the weapons Robocop will be able to use, and even a mech. Uh, you'll have to fool a mech. Oh, come yeah, on. a mech. Just some random robot showed up. Yeah, no, it's, this is... This is the final boss in the RoboCop one, like the original movie. I forgot it's what its name was. Um, yeah, I do too. But it was like the most iconic walking <laughs> tank of a of a creature of all time. Yeah, it was like one of the uh, the like when I when it came to like toys that like I would have wanted as a kid really bad because I had a RoboCop toy. It would have yeah. been this thing, this 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 thing that had just two Gatling guns as <laughs> arms on the side. Yeah, it was like and, a walking hockey puck with Gatling guns. <laughs> yeah, that he defeats by running down a flight of stairs because this thing is not at all nimble <laughs> and it ends up falling down the stairs in the movie. You um, know, in hindsight, <laughs> I think it's absolute genius how they poked fun at their own design because it's poorly designed. And yeah, the way yeah. that it was defeated was by taking advantage of its weakest design element. Yeah. And that's like kind of, yeah. And that, that was the whole thing with like Robocop was, it was very tongue in cheek because it was kind of, um, what is it? Not like a characterization, but you know, just an exaggeration of like, of what times would be like in like a super authoritative like future <laughs> oh like a <laughs> and, satirization yeah exactly and so yeah it's like you got like this half man half robot like authority figure and then he just goes against the full-on robot who's <laughs> like completely just yeah as you say looks super powerful but is a, a complete dense dunce when it comes to uh you know maneuvering and so yeah um 
love to see that that was in the map. Saw a little bit of uh, some of the weapons as mentioned by IGN, which you saw like you got the gun, you got the you know the pistol, but then you got machine guns, you got other stuff that you can run with. Um, shoddy. Yeah, I got a shoddy. I'll um, tell you bye. Yeah, saw <laughs> saw a little bit of the melee. He was socking up dudes. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um and yeah i think he had like a dash at one point and we saw like yeah you got did he have a dash yeah and then you saw like a little bit of the homies so yeah it, it has a little bit of a like a little bit of everything going on I'm, I'm i'm very interested into seeing how this game turns out being it comes out next month and i know people are kind of excited because it is robocop they've been waiting for a good robocop game and so uh hopefully and it, it seems like they are also this game is intentionally trying to be retro in a sense because mm-hmm. like robocop had that feel and so i think that's going to work as far as like the design and possibly not looking super triple a as far as like some of the uh you know the visuals but i think it's going to work with this game be- for that reason and uh yeah i mean what did you think when you saw this uh, it's it's greatest virtue is also going to be its biggest hindrance which i believe is it being so accurate to RoboCop. <laughs> like, there's not a lot there because, like, the idea is cool, but in somebody's hands, where it's like, geez, this thing is just walking slow. Like, there's no, there, there's no running, there's no sprinting, there's, there's no, like, it, you said there's a dash. So I don't know if there's like a quick dodge or just some of the things that have made first person shooters in the modern era more approachable and just more enjoyable overall, depending on what your play style is. So with RoboCop, like that's, ah, man. If it, if it averages like 70 or more, I'll have to reassess my views of, of certain games. <laughs> like I'll have to reevaluate my system because I, as much as, like, I want it to be the best thing ever. First person, like, I can get over that, but just it being, it's almost movie perfect. Like, it's a RoboCop simulator. Like, it's, it's the best thing that I can say about it. And I want it to be good. Let's just put that out in the air and be honest about that. It's, I'm not one of those dudes who wishes ill on a game or, like, this can never be good unless it's Gollum because that could never be good. But I don't know, man. I'm so torn on this game. I want it to be good. I'm just not, I'm not seeing the magic yet. I like that they have a bunch of weapons. I like that you do have the melee. You can pick up a guy with your free hand. <laughs> There's destructibility. You got the, the targeted system. And then, yeah, them rolling out the the final boss of the first film. That was it. And, and like, it's not as... It, you're just gonna go down some stairs and it's over. <laughs> no, it looks like you're having a straight up slug fest. Like you're both coming out full of holes and missing parts. Like that kind of shit. So it's gonna be very, very interesting to see how this comes out. I'm I'm hoping for the best. I just don't personally see it as clearly as others might. But who knows? Maybe Robocop fans show up. <laughs> Maybe maybe that group has just been waiting for their clarion call this whole time. It's like we finally got our game. Uh, the 2D arcade one was cool. But you could see Robocop. I think the appeal of Robocop is that you can see him. And you're watching this 
stiff, slow monstrosity walking through just sheets of bullets being fired at it while systematically eliminating everybody coming at them. Like it's, I don't know, without that, that's a big turnoff for me. Like, oh, that's where I'm at, AFC. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive, man. I want to say great things about this. I want to be optimistic. I just don't know. I just don't know. Well, what else you got to do? What is if what I'm looking forward to? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot it was my turn. <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy hating on Robocop. <laughs> so busy. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Well, the one I really want to talk about is the finals. So this is a game. It, it just, it oozes live service energy. Like you're three people teams or you're competing against each other in what looks like an arena that's designed to look like an urban environment. However, there's huge Coliseum stands all around it with people just cheering that roar going in the background at all times. So as you're playing the game, you're these teams, you're in that central urban arena and you can see the stands in the background, which I think is dope. We need to bring that back in, in modern days, just like gladiator sports, but with guns, like makeshift towns. But yeah, man. So you're playing this game. You got your three teams and you're trying to get a hold of the money box get it to this point and secure it while it while it scores for your team. But while you're doing that, you're up against other three-man squads. And, of course, you guys are all armed to the teeth with your weapons of choice. But you also seem to have a, a, a decent amount of maneuverability, sliding, jumping, climbing. Uh, there there might be grapple hooks or, or swinging lines. <laughs> zip lines, all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's a high level of destructibility. There are several instances in the trailer where you can see that, you know, of course you can have your straight head-to-head firefight. You can be more evasive, hit the enemy with gadgets and other kinds of thrown devices or, or you know, detonated devices that have different effects. There's, there's shields of different kinds, setting up turrets. Um, but what goes on is like you can also get an idea of where the enemy is in a particular part of a level and like break down a wall to open up, you know, a, a means to shoot at them or blow out the floor and drop them into a trap. In, in this case, the player dropped the drop the enemy down and just bathe them in waves of fire. <laughs> it's the, when I the moment I saw it, it was like absolute genius. That's how you win a game. That's how you win a match. And yeah, it looks good. It gives me a similar vibe as the Fair Games trailer that was at the Sony showcase. Uh, that's coming from Jay Raymond's team. We still haven't seen actual gameplay of it, uh, as opposed to the finals where we have. And there's also an open beta. Um, some good news on that, at least for the developers and for the game itself. The beta hit its capacity. Like everybody wants a piece of what the finals is offering. Honestly, I'm looking forward to this one. I I like the way it looks. I've been saying for a very long time, it's like people don't hate live service. They just hate the games that have been designed that way so far. It's as soon as you start getting 
games designed in ways that people want that also happen to be live service, then suddenly it's like, well, I hate live service, except for Street Fighter Six. And it's like, no, 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 can't do that. You like live service games, you just finally found one that's in your wheelhouse. Uh, the finals, I think this might end up being in a lot of people's wheelhouses. It's kind of like a Call of Duty meets Apex meets Fortnite and meets Ready Player One. It's, you know, when people get eliminated, they disintegrate into piles of golden coins, just like in, in that game, which I thought was a very cool mechanic. That's a dumbass way to do a loot draft. <laughs> Hopefully more, more companies implement that kind of thing. AMC, how did you feel? about what you saw of the finals uh yeah look cool look like another um i mean it looks like a live service game but um as i i say the opposite i think it's people just hear live service and they're like Ugh. and then people are like hey it's actually a good game and then they go and play and they're like actually this is a good game and that's how it works with live service games i don't think it's that they're not making good live service games i think it's just live service is all about word of mouth and once the word of mouth gets out there and enough people are interested, then they'll they'll start hopping over into that into that space. And so yeah, with this one, it looks um yeah, it gave me Apex vibes. The um the three man team um is like that's Apex in a nutshell is what makes it great. Um, but then on top of that, there's kind of like that. What is it? Uh, like division. Other games would have this in like their dark zones where you go and you. It's like extraction is kind of like the the point of the game. You mm -hmm. go, you get stuff, and then you have to get to the extraction point. And you yeah, get it's the stuff out. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like that's what this game is. You get the you get the the briefcase or whatever, and then you got to get to the point, and everybody's up against you. What is cool is that it's now just a focused mode within the game, um, and so it's everybody's just after, and, and their teams are after this thing, and then I'm assuming once they get it, maybe there's some type of alert, and then so then the whole map just turns on you as you try to like make your way to the end, and so that, that could be fun in itself. Um, I like that. Um, like in the vein of like what they're doing well with like Apex and other games, how they're they're basically just hero shooters. And so like you see the different characters have their abilities. Like one character had a shield. Um, so you got the dude with the shield in the front while you're running behind. Um, I imagine there's other types of abilities that you can wield um, that then are used in in support of, of your team. And so I'm sure the makeup of the different skills will be definitely important to how you run, how you move through the world. And so, yeah, it's, it seems like one of those things that could be fun. I think with me, when I see a lot of live service games, I'm always like, damn, that looks interesting. And then it's mm -hmm. now let's just see if if it picks up. Because there have been just so many, like even just a battle royals, like there's so many battle royals where I was seeing, I'm like, that looks like an interesting one. And then it either takes off or it doesn't. And so, yeah, um, hopefully this one will will get like its its group because it looks like it's a well-made game. It looks like the action and everything is right there. And so it's just a matter of uh, if people will get into it. Um, and so, yeah, it, it looks fun, looks cool. And yeah, I can't wait to see for this one to come out. Hell yeah. What you got next on the list? um i guess i'll just jump right to alan wake 2 um this game is already out uh but we got to see a, an extensive game gameplay feature of this game and looked pretty cool uh we got to see still like the i, I don't know any of the names of the characters but we saga. Saw, yeah we saw saga saga anderson uh moving through the house and she runs into this enemy it's like uh i don't even know what it is because it's like crazy looking because it's like you see it, but it can like dip into water. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no water. Like chest height water in yeah. the middle of 
space. Yeah, and then she's just unloading clips into it, blood just splattering off of this body, and it just keeps keeps coming. So it has that vibe. At one point, she like runs into light, and that like protects her. But you know, you can't just stay in the light. You got to make your way through the level. She breaks out of it. The enemy starts coming again, and then she eventually gets a shotgun because everybody gets a shotgun, <laughs> and then. It starts starts blasting it and um eventually drops it and it was just a cool fight scene like she was using a flare to to stab it whenever it got close um to fight it off to defend to defend herself and yeah it just looked like great gameplay is what I would say um not a game that I'm necessarily interested in but I am interested in good games uh, just because I like to hear what people like and so far people are, are reacting really well to it and if this was a glimpse of what people have been experiencing in, in some of the uh, non-story but more action-oriented aspects of the game it looks like it's going to be a great experience um, I know you're interested in Alan Wake 2 already as it is as you're playing Alan Wake Remastered um, what did you think about this little gameplay reveal? It continues to look phenomenal man it just takes that Remedy has just found this this excellent cross section of like contemporary settings, but with supernatural elements. It, it's it's working out for them because visually everything looks top notch, and then once you throw the supernatural element like that, that being that you were talking about is using its its force and its abilities to lift and throw furniture at you as you're moving through different rooms of the house. It, it it pops up, it disappears. <laughs> it's nuts, man. I love that kind of stuff. And yeah, I need to work my way through the original Alan Wake. I, it's just so hard to, <laughs> to push myself to do certain things because I just want to play Diablo, man. I want to get to level 100. I think that'll be about the, the end of my doings of season two or who knows, maybe I start the Barbarian. But I need to get some Alan Wake in. Once that's done, then I will I will have clearance to get into Alan Wake 2. I'm very excited. And then Control 2 is just a, a hop, skip, and a jump from that. Who knows? Maybe we'll get that late next year, maybe maybe sometime. Sometime 2025, I hope not. <laughs> it's so far off. It's so far off. But yeah, man, I think I'm about out of games from yeah. the Xbox Partner preview. I mean, they showed off some other stuff, like, like the new ARC. That's looking pretty cool. Manor Lords looks awesome. Uh, with that other stuff, you play as a fox with a bird friend, <laughs> and it's a sequel. It's about as much as I know about that. But let's get to the next topic of the week. Top, topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. You know, what, let's take a quick break and we'll jump right into it. Uh, all right, and we are back with the next topic of the week. Top, top topic, topic of the, of the week. week. Let's see, A-Dub, we got Circana's, formerly the group known as NPD, Day, Day. Got Circana's top, top selling games of September 2023. Three, yes. three. Uh, this is a big one because there's a lot of I told you so's <laughs> with this. A lot, of, a lot of upheaval. Yeah, a lot, a lot of upheaval. Okay, so number one, it's a new game, A-Dub, that, that debuted in September. A lot of games came out in September, A-Dub. But um, this so one. This one ended up being the best of them. Uh, that being number one, Starfield, field, 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 field. Um, there we go. Yeah, there we go. We'll speak more about that a little bit later. Number two, another new game, a dub, Mortal Kombat one, one, one. one. Um, 
this month has a lot of new games. <laughs> now I'm just running through this list. Uh, number three, another new game, uh, EA Sports FC 24. Number four, Madden NFL 24. Five, another new game, Payday 3. And a lot of people complained about the launch. But then eventually, I guess <laughs> they got it together and people still went out and bought it, which is great. Payday 3, everybody. Uh, number six, another new game, A-Dub, NBA 2K24. Um, let's see seven another new game the crew motor fest so people people get in the crew Um, getting the crew i heard people saying good things about the crew i haven't gotten into it yet i don't think i ever will (laughs) yeah i mean you got you got forza not barely playing that right now because of diablo (laughs) gran turismo and put that on the external drive yeah um all right we'll run through the oh yeah we got a couple more number eight armored core four so let's see in august which we missed it um no six was nba 2k24 and then seven, oh armored core is number four i thought you meant oh armored oh yeah four like it oh, surged no, 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 back no. onto the charts people no no came you're, right. Senses. you're right i i read i read it backwards uh it is armored core six uh in the number eight spot oh. <laughs> and the previous month it was number two uh let's see number nine hogwarts legacy still selling uh 10 call of duty modern warfare 2 still selling uh we'll run through these star wars jedi survivor 12 resident evil 4 legend of zelda tears of the kingdom minecraft mario kart 8 rainbow six siege still selling uh 17 grand turismo 7 elden ring sea of thieves back on the list back on <laughs> yeah and number 20 diablo 4 let's see um I believe Sea of Thieves that the note there was that um they had their I want to say it was Monkey Island uh story uh stuff come out and so people went That's out right. and bought bought Sea of Thieves. Uh, there's, there's not enough room for any more live service games, but yeah, yeah. people are still playing the shit out of Sea of Thieves. <laughs> it's it, increasing numbers. Yeah. Um let's see. And to like Microsoft's point, I think that's like they when people like you know criticize their support, continued support of Fallout seventy six, it's like, well, we have these things on Game Pass, and so we want them to have a reason to, to like play these live service games that are on there. So yeah, we want to get them in a good place, and so the continued support of Sea of Thieves is now paying dividends for mm-hmm. Microsoft. Um, we have the top selling games of the year so far. Number one, still holding it down, Hogwarts Legacy. Number yeah. two, still holding it down. Tears of the Kingdom. Three. Tears of the Kingdom behind Hogwarts. That's weird to me. You know, it's a exclusive versus a multi-platform. And it's That's Harry Potter. A good point. That's a good point. The only thing <laughs> I would say is like, once again, the the blown out reaction of oh, they're, they're canceling Hogwarts Legacy versus yeah. what ended up actually happening. Um yeah. best selling game of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, Number three, Madden NFL 24, four, Diablo 4. All right. Um, five, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Six, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. There we go. Debuting number seven in its first in its first month on the market, a dub, Starfield. <laughs> Very nice. Very so, nice. Right there. Uh eight new game. Uh Mortal Kombat 1. So in its debut month, it's already eighth best-selling game of the year. Nine Resident Evil 4 and 10 MOB the show. 
23 we'll just run through the rest so there's 20 11 dead island 2 12 final fantasy 16 13 street fighter 6 14 in his debut month ea sports fc 24 15 fifa 23 16 armored core 6 17 elden ring 18 remnant 2 10 oh 19 dead space and 20 mario kart 8 and then uh playstation 5 remains the best-selling hardware in both unit and dollar sales for the month of september followed by xbox series ranking in the second spot um so yeah adub um anything to comment on there starfield showing up number one in its debut month uh you know any thoughts there you played starfield how do you feel about that well it's and i hate to say it because a lot of people are celebrating this to high to a high degree and they're right mostly but it's like it people are also using it as like proof that oh game pass doesn't cannibalize sales it's like it's still a bethesda rpg it's still available on one of the consoles so it's gonna sell a certain amount especially in its debut month so it's let's let's see how things shake out for the rest of the year or over the next few months and see where it like really falls instead of just like oh it's out to an early lead like that's how things typically go again like i'm surprised zelda isn't number one but you made a good point multi-platform hogwarts game and it's like Jedi Survivor in Mortal Kombat 1, you can kind of get an idea of what that sales gap is. And for Starfield to fall right in there, that's a very good thing, which is why that is cause for celebration. But let's just see what goes on before the I told you so's and everything gets stale. And overall, it's just dope to see like a bunch of new games killing it, especially coming up in the the best-selling of the year category already you know we just got mario wonder so it'll be interesting to see where that falls on the list next month and alan wake 2 like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say whether it is or isn't gonna fall on the list but it would just be interesting to see if people gravitate toward alan wake 2 with that remaster out in the wild with control doing what it did you know it's just so many good games. Where where was Baldur's Gate three? That's what I'm literally of? looking up right now. <laughs> you didn't even see it on the list. Yeah, no, it's not on the list. So I'm like, yeah, I, I like where is? It? And it came out in September, right? At least I think like end of August, beginning of September. Yeah, so it's not even charting. It's not even like it's not even it's not even in the top twenty on but this you, list. But you know what, Baldur, um. When I was listening to out? another show. I think I was listening to like Defining Duke or something. And, and Maddie said that Larian doesn't report sales figures. So that might be why it's nowhere. Oh, at all? Yeah. They just don't share that data. Oh, so like Divinity. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which like doesn't kind of make sense because Baldur's Gate 3 obviously did extremely well. So it'd be nice to know what's going on but hey if they don't have to share that information and they don't want to do it then that's on them yeah because i was like what the fuck like that's uh it's like how did it not chart <laughs> it's like especially for like the the unanimous game of the year <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, uh, like I, i'm like i'm curious to see how it's sold but yeah i guess i guess we won't find out at all <laughs> like how it's sold because i know at least with like nintendo games so that is one thing that you know 
Tears of the Kingdom, uh, you could say possibly could be affecting why it's not ahead of, ahead of Hogwarts Legacy is that uh, Nintendo doesn't report their digital cells at all. Mm-hmm. So these are only physical cells when you count that uh, for Nint- any Nintendo game, which is surprising then how well the games still sell physically. And yet, like, there's still a whole another level of sales that just isn't accounted for for them. And I think um, Baldur's Gate was digital only. There might be like a handful of physical copies yeah. floating around, but I'm pretty sure it was like, and same thing with Alan Wake too. So we might not even get a performance on that. I believe Alan Wake is digital. Well, well it's it's if they choose to perform, uh, to report their digital sales. Okay. And so Nintendo chooses not to report their digital sales, but they do report their physical copy sales um so yeah it's interesting that i was literally looking it up because <laughs> i was like where the hell is boulders gate <laughs> um yeah only thing i would say is so what i would say about the starfield thing yeah exactly it's like don't get too overly excited but i will say that it is showing that there is a level of success at least and you can expect it moving forward of the early access program um yeah and- i think it moved like 3.2 million on steam alone yeah, exactly. And so, you know, capitalizing on that FOMO. Um, I mean, people, it's showing us that, hey, maybe Mortal Kombat moved at least 3 million. Yeah. And so I think that's that's something where if there is like a criticism of like, well, like if people don't have to buy it, then they won't buy it. It is showing that at least like if the game is worth it, people are still going to show up. A lot of people bought that early access for Diablo 4 when that um when that came out mm-hmm. um and yeah we're seeing that people are willing to buy the early access for other games and so that seems to be at least from xbox perspective on their first party sales that's how they're going to recoup some of their money is by you know capitalizing on that that a couple of days early release in order to get people to want to buy that as opposed to wait and then the people who wait can get it on game pass but yeah at least for the same low low full price yeah and so at least they can supplement those cells with the early access which is clearly the what their strategy is going to be moving forward and it's genius um, because you're selling more digital copies and it's you're you're building the hype you're getting you're allowing people to get into the game like at at about the same time or even before the reviews come out so you can kind of soften any kind of negativity people would try to direct toward the title it's just why not like you have the code you have it digitally it's just sitting there ready to go it's like all right you know 15 bucks <laughs> let's get this a few days early and you know people a little extra put in a little extra yeah people <laughs> you know people got to be a part of the conversation yeah <laughs> so there there's going to be, be a part of the conversation but also if it's like a game that you're really excited for why not play it a few days early on that friday instead of that tuesday yeah, well, if you're if you care about value, is the whole point. But yeah, like, there there are a lot value. of yeah. But there's I think there are people who are literally just like I don't want either they don't want to get a spoiler or they want to be able to comment on it like right when it comes out because you know everybody has a, everybody has an opinion. That's like one thing social media has done is given everybody a mouth, and so everybody wants to be right there as all the early reactions are coming out, the the reports on the bugs. And all that stuff, like you want to be a part of that conversation. Being so the arbiter I mean, of truth. Like, yeah. Oh, well, that happened to me. Well, yeah. I mean, just look at how people react when like certain outlets like didn't get review copies of Starfield versus other ones, and they're like, oh, like they they just they're only giving it to the sheep <laughs> and the supporters. 
So it's just like everybody, everybody wanted a piece of Starfield and, you know, they're going to capitalize on that. So I, I totally wouldn't see nothing wrong with it. And two, yeah, totally could be a possibility. As we saw, Sea of Thieves, a game that's been a Game Pass game, is still selling. <laughs> it showed up on NPD. Again, it's been mm-hmm. out for years. So there is something there to their strategy. Like it isn't just a we're going to solely rely on the number of subscribers to to keep this thing going like they're they have at least other avenues and that was why a big part of the you know the activision acquisition was getting king because just all these different streams of revenue outside of just building the the game pass subscriber base so yeah we'll see how it does moving forward but yeah great to see people showed up bought starfield and that yeah it's already the seventh best-selling game of the year what you think um, of that? What you think of that watch in that case? Look great, man! <laughs> like, I'd be, I'd be rocking that watch <laughs> around the house. Yeah, just everywhere <laughs> in the shower. Yes. Yeah. Um, the shower. Yeah, in the shower. Yeah, you know, you know it. Um, so yeah, it's great, great to see all this. Um, and yeah, just great to see Mortal Kombat also doing well. But Mortal Kombat in the mix, man. Top ten best selling games of the year. Mm-hmm. Already Fighting had, game. Yeah, already had a Street Fighter, which had a lead on it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, starting starting the fanboy wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I guess I guess adding that campaign in the Street Fighter <laughs> didn't stop it from being better than Mortal Kombat. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get into the next topic of the week. Top uh, topic of the, of the week. week. Yeah, yes. uh, we're the, the, the rain clouds are starting to form. <laughs> we're getting into the darker end of the show. Uh, some interesting news. So as you guys may or may not have heard, Sony has finally released the, the images and they're putting out the slim model for the PS5. So you got the, they're both digital models, but it, well, isn't there like one digital model and then it just has the attachment for the disk drive? Like basically what it is, is they're selling a digital console, but you can attach a disk drive to it. So, you know, people have their thoughts about that, especially with the with the pricing that's going on, whereby the new PS5 is more expensive than the digital version of the old PS5. And then it's going to be the de facto PS5. It's hold up Wayne. but you know these things they just happen anyway but the new news as we find out more details about this upcoming sku the SKU, the ps5 slim's optional disk drive needs to connect to the internet to pair it to a console <laughs> yeah needs a needs an internet connection now i heard this initially I was looking online, looking at the conversation about it, seeing the differing perspectives. And once I once I realized that it was just like, oh, it's a one-time thing. So that's the caveat there. It's like you have to you have to connect to the internet to pair it to the console, which shouldn't be an issue for anybody who's purchasing the PS5. You more than likely have internet. Which that's just the bottom line <laughs> foundation reasoning there, but you do it once. And it's like that. Uh, of course, like the games preservationists and, you know, the general folks who don't like online elements being forced upon them came out the woodwork, sharing their opinions. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, they do raise reasonable concerns. However, 
it's the overarching concern just isn't in a reasonable time frame because the the fear is that one day the servers are going to get cut off <laughs> and there won't be support. So if you get one of these consoles, you won't be able to pair the disk drive with it. To that, I personally noted that like, okay, but let's think about when that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to be doing it when they're in the middle of selling millions of these consoles. They're not going to do it when they're in the middle, the middle of selling millions of games for these consoles. They're not going to do it until the sales bottom out and they stop making software for it. And that's some far flown future from now where we'll be worrying about the hardware features of the PlayStation seven by then. But in that's, that's just my personal perspective. Another person online put it, put it in a different way and I wish I remembered it exactly the way they put it but it was it was basically to the degree where it's like but in essence you're buying a digital console so the primary purpose for that console is to get digital titles on it which you would do over the internet so pairing it with a with a with a disk drive shouldn't be an issue for you so that was an interesting take AFC how do you feel about this earth-shattering news <laughs> about the future of PlayStation hardware? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, as a person who has an only only digital console, like I definitely Day can't one. find. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't even find any any sympathy for these people. Um, it's a one-time only thing, so I don't really know what the the issue is. Uh, as I was saying to you, I'm sure that they have some type of solution for it if, like, it comes down to that. <laughs> um, as far as, like, you know, I'm sure it's not just going to be... They'll figure out a way so that people can continue to use it, maybe past whatever a certain point that people fear. Um, and regardless, uh, then buy the fucking... <laughs> buy it with the disc already. <laughs> like, if that's your big worry, then just buy it with it, I guess. Uh, because I don't understand. But I don't want to buy it now. Yeah, yeah, I want my choices. Um, yeah, I don't exactly. know. I'm gonna think about it for the next decade, and then maybe when it's like forty dollars, I'll buy one. Yeah, because I weren't people already complaining as it was of like the price of it. I, I at least I felt like oh maybe that was the stand is what people were paying like complaining about the fact that they had to buy the stand to make it vertical. But uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know. It's like once again, it's always these people who are like worried about internet connections and. You know, this is what is what killed Microsoft. It's what's ruining ruining single player experiences because every game needs to be online, and now yeah. every game is always online. And yada yada. yada. Um, yeah, whatever, whatever. Well, like it, it's like the more I think about it, just the more the more interesting one liners I come up with, and it's like, how can you complain about something not being supported when you're not supporting it? Yeah. <laughs> Like you, okay. You don't want the servers to get shut down. Buy one. <laughs> Just <laughs> buy a console, pair it. It's a one-time thing. You're done, and then you don't have to worry about it. Oh well, ten years from now, it's like, but that's ten years from now. Yeah. <laughs> like in ten years, you don't. If if you don't have a reason to get that console and do that process in ten years, then like. You missed the boat, man. Like that—that that was the period of time to do that. Like, I'm like I sympathize with games preservationists. I feel like it would be awesome if, no matter 
how far in the future we go, all games are available in some form or fashion or some uniform fashion where it's just like, all right, you just need this and you have access to all the games ever made. Well, the thing is, like, and that's, like, the part of it is that it kind of is that, that, like, uh, (laughs) kind of is the case in that if you really cared about games preservation, you would have a PC because every game is on. Like, Steam games, like, they're pretty much on there. (laughs) Like, if not, you can always, like, download some fucking, like, ROM of a game, yada, yada, yada. So, like, PC, there's a ton of games preservation there. It's, like, when it goes away on console, though, people act like it's gone forever but no if you had a pc you could probably find the game but it's just the fact that like if it's gone from console then people act like well console is everything and so mm-hmm. now it needs to be available in perpetuity on console um or it no longer exists but i think that there's a little bit of fiction there when it comes to that that people are just yeah. overlooking <laughs> well it's like people it, it's it's like a nightly mm-hmm. in this case where it does in most cases, it does absolutely nothing. It just comforts someone who just needs a little extra comfort on their way to sleep or on their way into the, the scary unknown that is the future. And it's like, oh, I just feel better knowing that they're there because you're not going to play them all. Yeah. <laughs> probably, and probably like all the games you want to play, you're going to play a huge chunk of them throughout your life. And all the ones that you haven't gotten around to, they're either still going to be available or there's some alternate means that you can you can use to get access to them. And of course, people are going to pull out their obscure obse- examples. Like, what about the hair salon simulator that hasn't been available for 17 years? It's like, there's a reason for that. It, like, why would you want to play it? Whatever. It's, it's other folks who got input. And they got opinions about the subject as well. So we can't dominate the conversation. We got to clear the floor. We got to make room for troll of the week. 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 Speaking of week, the first troll says, Sony stupid. Next troll says, Sony must want to go out of business. Next troll says, they'll end up walking this one back as they should. Walk back. Next show says, LOL. It's like Sony hates PlayStation customers. Next troll, and this is this is quite a troll. He's rather verbose. He says, dude, screw these modern consoles. I'm so done with this online activation garbage. What happens in 10 years when the servers go down? They're charging us $70 to rent a game. I guess I'm the old man complaining about how the old days were better. I'm not buying a PS5 or anything after. I'll just keep playing my old shit. (laughs) (laughs) Last troll says, don't worry, Xbox fans. You'll have no disc drive to worry about at all with the upcoming Xbox Series garbage bin. (laughs) So yeah, man, still, still the doom saying ah, back in my day i got like don't lose your dinosaur man don't don't be the old crotchety dude telling the kids to move along like, <laughs> they're still fun to be had yeah there's still good times coming <laughs> 10 years when the servers go down like well if you have one of the consoles you don't have to worry about that <laughs> you just you're still going to be paired you're still going to be playing your games i mean 
we're saying this all in like the height of games going digital like walmart best buy are getting out of the physical market so i mean targets gonna have a monopoly there but you know the big players are getting out of the market digital sales are overtaking physical sales even when they were in direct competition in the same stores now it's just going to be like the only place you can get stuff is digital it's like the future has made its decision and it's digital so you know you're on a message board making these complaints you have internet what are you complaining about especially 10 years why are you complaining 10 years from now <laughs> what is the point of that amc you got anything for these for these trolls nah <laughs> these fools need to quit their mission buy it with it buy it with it if you want it if you're so worried Stop being worried for future people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's like the there's not, like there's, that's the thing with gaming is not future people, but worrying about other people. It's like, well, what yeah. about what about that guy? What yeah. about this this one scenario that may or may not exist? <laughs> and like worrying about a future where this is the only thing that would change. Yeah, like nothing else would change around it. Like there wouldn't emerge third party drives that can that can bypass that step you don't think they put out a patch yeah. or an update that moves the requirement you don't think <laughs> like there's ways around this and there's obviously at least some kind of functional reason for it i right? sony's real big on keeping third-party unlicensed unlicensed folks out of their software out of their hardware so this is it authenticates it. It does it one time. You're good to go. So I imagine that can be changed. And if it isn't, it's 10 years later. Like I said, we'll be talking about hardware features in PlayStation 7 or PlayStation 8 by then, complaining about the things that they're doing there. But this guy's going to show up like, yeah, I, I still remember when they cut the servers for the PS5 disc, <laughs> disc analog. <laughs> it's like, you're the only one, dude. Oh, man. Let's get to the next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of, the of the week. week. Uh, I pretty much only have quick hits. Um, you have any other Those are the topics? best. Yeah. I love, love quick hits. All right. Um, Spider Man. Spider Man Two news. Uh, this coming by way of Eurogamer, but really by from PlayStation. Let's see. Sony has shifted more than two point five million copies of Spider Man Two in just twenty four hours. That eye-catching total makes the Spidey sequel Sony's fastest-selling PlayStation Studios game ever, referring to releases made by the company's own studios. So damn, A-Dub, we got got Last of Us, we got God of War, we got Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, moving quickest. What do you think about that, A-Dub? Quickest in a 24-hour period. There is little extra language there, because who... They're still wondering if it's going to be able to overtake Ragnarok, and that moved over five million in a week. But it had the benefit of being on last gen and current gen hardware, whereas Spider Man, much to the chagrin of some folks out there, is <laughs> is current gen only. Um, I mean, this is awesome. It's it's Spider Man. It, I expect it to sell, especially with Insomniac behind it and their their modern interpretation of what the web head is all about. Uh, I'm hearing nothing but excellent things about the game from people who are playing it. My brother included, he's single, he out there, out in Harlem, out in Brooklyn, doing his thing, <laughs> and <laughs> swinging. But 
Yeah, man. It's it's to the degree where my interest in it is starting to pick up a bit more. Like I'm I'm definitely I have Miles Morales on my wish list. I'm gonna play that before I get into Spider-Man too. But just hearing what people are saying, how it takes everything the 2018 game did and did it better to the point where it's it enhances its strengths and it it improves upon its flaws. So that's always the kind of praise you want to hear when it comes to any game, especially a sequel, especially one with a beloved character attached to it. So Spider-Man deserved that kind of treatment. I'm looking forward to seeing it firsthand myself one of these days. But, you know, playing other things. AMC, do you think this is, this is going to change the landscape? You think we're going to, you think Xbox is finally going to throw their hat in the Marvel ring? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they got that. They got the Indiana Jones thing going on, so that means they have a relationship with Disney. We'll see. I mean, I know that they. There was a period, and that the sign with that was like their whole thing was like we. I guess they wanted to make sure like they own like the whatever to the game, um, and that's why they kind of shied away from licensed games. But now they have Indiana Jones. Maybe that's a sign that they're willing to foray into more other licensed first party products. And so, yeah, we shall see because it's already the relationship is there, Adub. It's organic. Oh. It's organic, Adub. <laughs> I hope Pat and the team pull it off, man. Because the last time I saw anything Indiana Jones related, it was about the same time that Force Unleashed and like um, what was it, GTA Four were in development, and it was all with it was all with like the debut of Natural Motion's Euphoria Physics. Like that to me just changed gaming for the better i wish more developers picked up on the on those third party sets and tools and all kinds of shit but yeah man it, it was around that time so uh it'll be interesting to see what the functional shape of the game is going to be all i've ever seen of indiana jones is like he's standing on top of the the trolley and just going down a hill and he's about to unload with that right hand on somebody like just I do you think when you're doing melee you, you're just real heavy on the right hands because <laughs> indiana jones if you watch if you watch indiana jones he hits and knocks out just about everybody with his right hand oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's been so long but i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt it <laughs> i wouldn't doubt it it's it's amazing it's it's as reliable as the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> Just in random films. It's oh, so good. That's the greatest screen ever. Well, yeah, man. It's they got that relationship with Disney. Yeah. They can they can do it. All they gotta do is do it. Like, I mean Sony's done several. EA's done several. EA making Iron Man. <laughs> mm. Hopefully, hopefully that's reflective of their work on dead space and what they learned from remaking that zero g gameplay so hopefully they're taking that and they're making proper iron man with some speed with some heft that's not getting pelted with bullets from every angle every moment yeah he has three nightmares Oh man, yeah, but I'm I'm happy for Spider-Man and Insomniac. I'm also hearing good things about what they're setting up for future games, so maybe we'll see that. Uh, I, I'm I'm mostly looking forward to Wolverine. I want to see what Insomniac can do. 
outside of this kind of like jumping around high speed maneuvering kind of stuff. It's it's time to see what they can do with that close quarters, intimate CQC cutting up kind of gameplay. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those things with Spider-Man. It's like, you know, Spider-Man 2 is like, I knew it was going to be an amazing game. It's just in a year where you have about like 12 amazing games to play, <laughs> like where does that fit in? And that's like, that's the only thing that's literally holding me back from playing Spider-Man 2. It's just like, I could play this, but I could also play this and then I could also play this and I've played Spider-Man 1. So it's like, yeah, it's like one of those things is just, I'm not in a rush to play Spider-Man 2, but I already know like Spider-Man 2 is going to be absolutely phenomenal so when i get there i'm sure it's going to be one of those absolutely amazing experiences um we got about six minutes do you want to do you want to do uh you want to take a quick break and then do some more quick hits you okay i can hit him with one more quick hit okay yeah. take All a right. break and then... let's take a quick break and we'll come back all right we are back hey Dub, what, you, what quick hit you got what quick hit do i have ready to go well Following the release and positive reception of Alan Wake 2, Remedy has confirmed that in 2024, Alan Wake 2 is getting not one, but two expansions. expansions. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so two expansions. Uh, expansion one is called Night Springs. It's due out in late spring 2024. Uh, in a note to IGN, Remedy said that release window is subject to change. Expansion 2 is called The Lake House, which is yet to receive a release window. Uh, there is an official blurb for Night Springs, which goes, Visions and dreams. Fiction is written and coming true. Fiction collapses and remains just words on a page. These are those stories in Night Springs. Play as several familiar characters from the world of Alan Wake and experience the unexplainable in multiple self-contained episodes of Night Springs, a fictional TV show set in the world of Alan Wake. <laughs> uh, detail on the lake house is as follows. The lake house is a mysterious facility situated on the shores of Cauldron Lake, set up by an independent government organization to conduct secret research until something goes wrong. Explore the lake house and embark on two separate adventures as the realities of Saga Anderson and Alan Wake collide once more. So yeah, this sounds awesome. Uh, I really want to play Alan Wake 2 now because I gotta get I gotta get the meat. I gotta get that whole that whole main nugget to understand what's going on. Therefore, when the new content comes in, I'll be ready to receive. It's kind of how I did it with control, just did the whole game. It's, I love the game so much that I just I plowed through it, but I plowed through everything. Like I read all the notes, listened to all the, the recordings, everything. I was ready for the foundation, the, the AEW DLC and just everything that was there. So it's it just all fit together nice and neatly. Remedy knows what they're doing. AMC, I know you don't do the spooky games. But with two expansions on the horizon, is Alan Wake 2 going to be up there with Dead Space as one of those games you'd be willing to give a try? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a game. It looks like a good game. I have Alan Wake remastered thanks to PlayStation Plus. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely on my radar, but it's just one of those. It's far on my far down on my radar. So, yeah, but glad to see that they got some DLC coming because you know what it is, too. It's like 
Alan Wake got it right there. I also have control through PlayStation Plus. PlayStation just working with Remedy. Um, and so yeah, I have I have two of the games in the series. <laughs> so I, I can literally just jump right in and get them both going at any time. So my interest is there, especially control, because I know what control has to offer just from what I've watched with you. And so uh yeah, it's on my radar. That's what that's the most I'll say with that. Oh, it's gonna change your life, buddy. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> uh um, quick hits sir yeah let's see um liza p liza p sold 1 million copies uh liza p has sold more than 1 million copies since going on sale last month publisher neo Wiz has said so yeah the game that um also came out on game pass <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah uh debuted on game pass actually but it was a uh, multi-platform um so maybe assuming those one million were definitely on playstation but um yeah still managed to sell playstation fans carrying the industry yeah exactly (laughs) uh yeah so i mean they probably got they got the game pass and we saw a game pass they they pay out some bags based on what we saw in those emails so yeah, yeah they got the game pass bag day one bag and then they also get the playstation sales on top of that and so um yeah and it's great to see the game doing well is a game that was announced last year not sure what to expect um usually when we have these you know souls or, or from <laughs> kind of knockoff games from it, it likes. Can, why can't we yeah. just call them from likes yeah um what's it called once when we get those you know it's either hit or miss but this one apparently people are enjoying it and in liking it and i'm glad that people went out and bought it and supported it um do you have anything to say on that quick hit it they're loving it they're raving about it calling it a a born life (laughs) (laughs) because it's more it's more bloodborne than soul so it's a born life yeah (laughs) that's an interesting term we'll we'll see if that pops up more in the future i mean it's it looked interesting it's i kind of got jaded with the whole souls like thing because you know some of them are cool and just in general that design philosophy is cool but most of them don't put in that that just level of world design and and writing storytelling that that level of detail that goes into a from game and they just they just fall flat and after a while it's like you start to distrust the the entire set of offerings but apparently liza p is like way up there like on par according to what i'm reading online here and online so you know we'll see i don't know but with the information that i learned at the post credit scene because i went ahead i googled that and i'm glad i did because i like the direction that they seem to want to take this franchise and that's a strong enough reason to get Liza P on my radar sooner rather than later. So that's where I am. <laughs> um, all right. Any other quick hits from you, Ada? Uh, nah, I'm all out. All right. Um, See, just make sure I don't have anything else. Do you have any, <laughs> cause it happened last week. I know we didn't get into it. Do you have any, you know, any words for the man? Uh, actually, you know what? I got a quick hit. Fuck it. We got time. Um, this was yes. also from Matt Piscatella. Uh, he was just he was just dropping shit, <laughs> dropping dropping news. Sirkana yeah, is all about collecting data on gamers and, and releasing that. And so they have, um, I guess, 
they call it player pulse information based on the US and some of the the demos that they pulled up. And one of them is that they were discussing, um, you know, the percentage of female gamers on certain consoles. So uh, oh, okay. we see PlayStation 5, 41% are female, um, female owned. It's curious. I'm, I'm curious to know how they figure this out. But anyways, 41% of PlayStation 5s are female owned. 45% of Xbox Series consoles are female owned. 52% of Switch consoles are female owned. And 50% of gaming PCs are female owned. Let's see. Mm. Um mm. Yeah, I think, uh, they, I think they have the edge. Yeah, and then um, yeah, especially Switch. They they know what's the the great console. They're not they're not worried about all that fluff. <laughs> they just want the yeah. gameplay. Uh, let's see. Um, they also have let's see forty forty seven percent of console video game players are female. Fifty percent of PC video game players are female, and fifty four percent of mobile video game players are female. Um. So yeah, it's funny because when you hear people say what they don't care and care about, <laughs> it's like, yeah. and then you, you realize that you're only listening to like guy hosts on TV shows. <laughs> you can kind of see, yeah. or at least on podcasts and other things, uh, you kind of see how it's skewed in a certain direction as opposed to you know what's actually happening out in the world. But yeah, what do you think about this a dub about the the breakdowns? It's, it's pretty close. There is uh, slightly more female owners on the Switch. We did see Animal Crossing do really well on the Switch. Um, and yeah, and then more female gamers on mobile at, compared to console. Do you, do, does that, is there anything that is commendable about that from your perspective, Ada? Well, it, it strengthens like the call and the effort toward equal representation in the industry. Yeah. Because if that's, <laughs> if that's your customer base, then you got to play the numbers, man. <laughs> You gotta go where the people are. It's funny, it's like it's that 10% difference. Cause you see PlayStation is the lowest with 41%. And so it's that 10 mm-hmm. that 10% difference, which is leading to people being like, ah, Aloy, ah, yeah. The Last of Us, uh, <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> just just trying to push them further away, <laughs> push them deeper. Whereas you see like, like Switch. Let's get that down to 39. <laughs> yeah. You see Switch, they come out, they got like like Harvest Moon, <laughs> Animal Crossing, and people are like, hell yeah. <laughs> like no complaints on that end. So you got like mad. <laughs> got mad Mario World Kingdom princesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got Peach game coming. Uh yeah, it's it's kind of funny that yeah, you see the we got, we got Mario Wonder in Daphne's world. Yeah, it's like you see the 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 toxicity <laughs> now, and how it can bubble in certain areas and a little bit less in other areas, and maybe that that shows up in the skews of the demos. And I don't know, maybe maybe that ten percent. Very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, and that maybe that could be you know the bro gamers are like fuck all that, and as you're saying, PlayStation might be like, hey, we want to entice some of the female demo to our console. And so, yeah, let's let's get some games that they might. You got Forspoken. There's a lot of questioning of who that game was, who the demo was for that game, <laughs> and you could argue. I would consider maybe, myself the demo for that game. Yeah, but and, and also you could argue maybe PlayStation was trying to get a game that would be appealing to more female gamers, but also give not like just a straight up Animal Crossing type game, like give them give you still an action game that a dub would like to play as well. So um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Right, <laughs> interesting. Right <there>. Yeah. <laughs> right in the mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so that's one quick hit. Uh, let's see if I had one other one. 
Um, oh yeah, this one. Do you have any parting words for your boy Pete Hines from Bethesda? Because that happened while while when we didn't record. <laughs> yes, Pete Hines has announced his retirement. <laughs> I, I don't. I, it's. I, I don't know how done? I feel. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the timing of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody pushed him out. I think that if anything happened, it was of his own volition. Mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of dude Pete Hines is like. He like either it was his time to go, or he was just like, you know what? I can't stand for this. <laughs> just, I'm too. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to speculate on that end beyond just feeling like I think he would have done things on his own terms. He. He was great, man. Whenever I saw that he did an interview or just shared some information, like it was always something useful or informative, or you know, he was just talking shit. Like, ah, oh, you know, uh, we we might make that exclusive. We might not. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna get up here like that. He wasn't like so. <laughs> it's it's a good dude, it, as far as I can tell. He was a good representative for that company. I think that was a good fit, and. Yeah, he will be missed. I look forward to seeing whatever he decides to do afterwards because I'm sure he's not just gonna he's not just gonna fade away. I, I think he'll end up somewhere else, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. How about yourself, AMC? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he worked at Bethesda. He was he worked alongside the God, so you know you get to touch a God. Exactly. <laughs> you carry exactly. that with you. Um, yeah, you got you got like appearance. Yeah, um, it was funny the 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 immediate joke. I made to you an obvious one like obviously like if if this was anybody else who was slightly struggling they would have there have been all the stories about like Pete Hines and and his fallout with with um Phil Spencer and and Todd (laughs) Howard (laughs) and Matt Booty (laughs) and they they all kicked him out um forced him out but you know we we just saw Saravon and Matt Booty promoted yeah yeah Yeah, it's like and we we just those two got promoted by the way yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, so what? Cerebon is the president of Xbox now, and then Matt Booty is yeah. the head of gaming, pretty much. So yeah, something like that. Yeah, which man Phil just, just the, the emperor? <laughs> He's just now, yeah, he just Godfather Phil. <laughs> yes. He kissed the ring, Swami Phil. But he'll 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 grant any wish on his daughter's birthday to you. <laughs> what what game you want to come out next year? <laughs> yeah, what, what what Activision game do you want me to bring back? <laughs> you want Web of Shadows? I give you Web of Shadows. <laughs> yeah, somebody um, needs to like Photoshop his face on the onto a movie poster for the Wishmaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, um, yeah, I mean, it is a, it's. You know, Pete Hines, he left on a good note as we as we covered with uh NPD cells. Starfield debuted seventh best selling game of the year in its first month, uh number one best selling game for September. Uh and yeah, so he's leaving on a good note. That's how you like to leave. Um, as we said with like Reggie, he left when the switch was off and running. He didn't leave when the Wii U was <laughs> at its lowest of points. Um which, uh, there was like a story, I guess, like where the first Wii U was sold in like over a year or something like that. Uh, so that was noteworthy. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, somebody bought it. Maybe they didn't know about yeah. the Switch or it's just a collection. Found it. 
Yeah, found somebody it. found it. Yeah, didn't even didn't buy it secondhand. It's like I want that shit brand speaking new out of the box. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's like in the in the last Kmart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, uh, Pete Hines leaving on a good note. That's that's great for him. Hopefully, he goes on to do bigger and better things. I know there's like he was like going at it with like um, what's it called with the developers who were. And they're trying to like come at Pete Hines, at least like commentary wise people for going at the developer because, you know, this is the developer that was like, um, I think he was commenting on like Starfield's uh, title screen. It's like you could see how people were overworked yeah. and how little they cared about the game based on the title screen. And then like yeah. Pete Hines is like not having it hit him back up and people were like, why is why you why you responding pete <laughs> and so like there's there's a little bit of that going on so i'm sure if like that would have been the last thing that happened people would have also said that that was the reason why they got rid of him but nah nah pete hines left on the on a on a, on a good note and um yeah bethesda's in a, in a great place right now um and yeah good things to looking forward to the next elden ring and all that stuff or not elden ring elder scrolls um and so on so yeah. <laughs> i mean either or yeah, I mean, if we get another, I'll take, I'll take I that take too. Either or, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get another Elden Ring before we get another Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all we all we got right now is a, a title screen for Elder Scrolls, right? <laughs> or not even just like you know what? I mean, out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Elder Scrolls is released within the next four years. <laughs> That wouldn't surprise me at all. They just throw all the money at it, <laughs> like all the Microsoft money. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's like they they have all that money now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. the money's already there. It's just like all right. And you got like now we can you got like have, a, now we can have more people on it. We can you got really a million studios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the supplemental studios that you need. Like yeah. you got it anyway. You always had that, but now you got. Got Obsidian, yeah, like Obsidian. Got in exile. We need some pixel art, Obsidian. (laughs) Got the Xbox engineers in there on day one. (laughs) The cleanup crew. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, Xbox got it set up. I hope Pete Hines lands gracefully. I mean, it's not far fetched. Let let that man be the new the new head of PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, well, that, that was my last quick hit, A-Dub. Uh, do you have anything to say before we get out of here? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Patrol <laughs> Easy. I am the AMC. This is A-Dub. We are Control Thanks for playing. Suckers! Suckers!